body. Wonderful to be here. Before I start the sermon, that's a, a beautiful song. It's a such a touching song. Just thought I'd just share. It fits in beautifully with the sermon, actually. But just about how powerful that song is for me. Um, my baptism in 1996. There was a real hope at the time, having come to faith, that life would get a bit easier. Instead of sort of, you know, it's like, oh, I've come to faith now. God's with me, everything's going to be good. And I was baptised thinking that. I was baptised thinking, now everything's going to be okay. And as I was in the, I got baptised, similar church in Armidale, baptised at the back of the church, in the middle of winter too. <laughs> um, and then I was just in the side part getting, getting changed. And that second verse came up. Though Satan should buffet, though trial should come. And I'm, I'd never heard the song before. And I was just going, What? What? Surely not. No, 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 I've, I've come to faith now. No trials. Piece of cake. And, and, and I was to learn in, the, in the, particularly the years to come, for quite a lot, a lot of years, just no matter what was thrown at me, that God is good all the time, that, that, that just because trials happen to us doesn't mean that you know, God isn't capable of working everything together for good because God is good. And when we hear stories like last week, just atrocious, loss of life, just senseless evil, you, you just think, why? And these things can be really, these events can just really stop us realising there's a God there that's in control. You know, Satan buffets, Satan's trying to kill our faith. But God is good all the time. And, and I was very encouraged last Sunday. It was a very sad um, news. I got some sad news just after church. That a dear friend from Newtown had died of cancer, a lady called Melee, a Tongan lady. And, and Melee, she was, when, when I met her, she just was somebody who had trial after trial after trial in her life. Just after I met her, her daughter died. Melee was... Um, a grandmaster, her daughter had three kids and the daughter died. And then a short time later, her daughter's husband died. And so Mele had the huge responsibility of raising three kids. And not just that, a short time later, she contracted leukaemia, she contracted cancer. And it was just like this poor lady, I used to think, why is she struggling so much? Why is life so hard for her? Yet she would say to me constantly, and that's why I've said this, I've got this sermon this morning, God is good all the time, Andy. God is good all the time, Andy. You know, just such a, and, and she didn't, it wasn't some sort of hopeful, you know, oh, I hope God's good, but it was her hope that God is good all the time that challenged me right up till December last year. I remember praying for her. I was at Newtown Mission yesterday. I, I had the honour of being part of that, that. I felt very humbled to have been part of that service. But just I, I was looking in the corner the last time I prayed for Melee that, that, that God would take the cancer. She goes, no, Andy, God is good all the time. And she meant it. And so when I think about that verse that I've got there, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I think about Melee and she's doing that right now. Her forever has started. Whereas unfortunately us in time, we have to just constantly, as, as, um, as Jenny mentioned, just the ebbs and flows 
of faith, as, as life challenges us, we just have to have this faith that God is good all the time, even in the midst of life's woes. God is good. And that's a good then that's a great thing, isn't it? It's not a good thing, it's a great thing to know. God is good all the time. And thank you, Jenny, you've just really surprised me, or God surprised me how he's knitted everything together this morning. And and the first verse that I have there, the Lord, the Lord, compassionate. This is God describing himself here. Exodus 34, 6. The Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in goodness and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. God calling himself one who abounds in goodness. What is goodness? If people describe me as good, maybe I behaved well, I did good things, I was good at something, I had good legs, I was reliable, I was good for a loan, I smelled good, I was a goody two-shoes. You know, sometimes people have said it's easier to recognise goodness than it is to describe it, particularly with God. When it relates to God, it's his passionate activity in always doing good. God always does good. God always is about doing good things. And he doesn't do it begrudgingly. God doesn't sort of go, oh, I'm going to work good here, I don't really want to. No, it's his nature. The very nature of God is to do good. He delights to show his goodness. His goodness is so generous. He gives and acts even when we don't deserve it. God is constantly doing good. And it also involves giving us everything we need for our benefit, including sometimes harsh discipline, sometimes hard words. I just want to explore this amazing mind of our God who constantly shows goodness, who abounds in goodness. Before I do that, I'm just going to pray. I just want to pause and pray for us. Lord, in this moment, in this moment, as we come to you, I'm sure many people completely overwhelmed with busyness or overwhelmed with what's happening in their life. We just want to pause right now. May this be in the pause, us being still and knowing that you are God. And I pray, as you've already started to do in this service, just completely speak to every single person that's in this room, every single person that you've brought here this morning to hear this message. May it minister deeply beyond the mind, Lord, to the very soul itself, the very soul that you've created to be with you forever. Minister, in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. And as we look at the goodness of God, we've got to go right back to page one of the Bible as God has this formless, chaotic, empty earth to work with. Before it was even created, before anything was there, there's God's overwhelming nature to abound in goodness that he wants to sort of infuse, intertwine in this creation that he's building and and time and time again in the creation account. We read at the end of a day, we read, Constantly, God saw that it was good. God creates good. He sees good. 
that's just something else for God to see good. Yes, this is what I want, good. But here's the paradox that we struggle with. I'm sure generations have struggled with ever since. We have the goodness of God, but if he wants to continually show his goodness, what else did he feel was needed? If you want to show goodness, you've got to have the exact opposite. What's hot if you don't have cold? What's old if you don't have young? What's alive without dead? What's good without evil? And God allowed the exact opposite of goodness into his creation. Where we read in Genesis 2.9, of two trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So there it is, the, the introduction of something else into creation. And it's not surprising, connected to the tree of evil, is the serpent, Satan. Not just then, not just before creation, but in heaven, the source of division, shame, hatred, there he is, connected to this tree that is the knowledge of good and evil. The polar opposite of good is also introduced. And isn't it true, Satan always wants to do the same thing time and time again whenever evil happens. It's always doubting God. It's always questioning his control. Whenever evil's allowed to happen. He longs, Satan longs for this evil to flourish. It's in his nature to do evil. And he does. He, he tries ever since to just do evil and stop us believing that God has the ability and the passion to continue to do good. And as the Bible unfolded, we have Deuteronomy, for example, God giving us a choice. See this day. See, I have set before you today. Today. Isn't it always the choice we have today? I want you to choose. I want you to choose life and good. Well, here's the choice you have. Life and good or death and evil. And God's preference is in verse 19. Choose life and good. <laughs> choose God. You know, don't, we, don't we find ourselves constantly in that situation? We want to choose, do we want to choose that God's still good, God's still in control, or just say, nah, you know, he's not? God says himself, choose life and good. And as we choose that, we allow God to continue to intertwine his goodness into our chaos. It's true, isn't it? You know, sometimes that's all we have to offer God is a chaotic life and just trust him that his goodness will be intertwined and as we persevere, don't we see that? Don't we see that God is faithful? God continually works everything together for good. And I love Psalm 23. And, and again, it's just been so easy to preach this morning because God's already been working. But this beautiful promise that, you know, it was something else to, to read it yesterday at, at Melee's funeral because I, she believed it. Surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Of course, we go on, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. And a guy called Philip Keller, I'm not sure if you know Philip Keller, a particularly favourite book of mine was uh, Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23. He was indeed a shepherd in Africa, and he used his experience and his insights in shepherding sheep to really flesh out Psalm 23. And he says of this verse, 
with my natural tendencies to fear, worry and ask why, it was not always simple to assume that God really did know what he was doing with me. There were times I was tempted to panic, to bolt and leave his care. Sometimes I had this strange, stupid notion that I could survive better on my own. Most men and women do. But despite this behaviour, I am so glad he didn't give me up. I'm so grateful he did follow me, assuming to pursue me with goodness and mercy. The only possible motivation was his own love, care and concern for me as one of his sheep. And despite my doubts, despite my misgivings about my man- his management of my affairs, he has picked me up in great tenderness. As I see all of this in retrospect, I realise that for the one who is truly in Christ's care, no difficulty can arise, no dilemma emerge, no seeming disaster descend on your life without eventual good coming out of the chaos. This is to see the goodness and mercy of my master in my life. My beautiful words. That is the God who showed himself to creation, to his people. Sadly, as we look at the rest of the Old Testament, it seems that even though there's this incredible goodness being shown, people choose to do evil and not good. And so we see this other side of God, this this other side of God's goodness, the discipline, the harsh rebuke, giving everything they need for their benefit, eventual benefit, including sometimes difficult situations. And again, reflecting on the worship this morning, we see that even in the midst of the complete rebellion of humanity, where it says in Romans 3.12, there is no one who does good, not even one. But at that exact moment, we see the, the real goodness of God revealed. It says in Colossians 1, 21 to 22. This incredible statement, humanity becoming enemies with God. At that moment, the ultimate act of goodness. You used to be far from God. Your thoughts made you his enemies and you did evil things. But his son became a human and died. So God made peace with you. And now he lets you stand in his presence as people who are holy and faultless and innocent. That is an amazing thing. As, as, as people who... i just turn that off. Micah! <laughs> Hi, Micah! Hi, Micah! <laughs> Hi, Micah! <laughs> yeah. How'd it go last night, mate? Sang well? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, where was I? <laughs> That's right. Now, the amazing thing about God, it's, it's hard for Old Testament people to imagine this, but us, this promise that we can stand in the presence of God is an amazing thing. It really is. It should blow our minds. The fact that because of God's goodness, we can stand in his presence. How much more important is that when things go bad, particularly in, when we have these days of evil. And we have days of evil, don't we? In our world, days of evil. And this is what 
Paul mentions about the day of evil. Therefore, put on the full armour of God. So that when the day of evil comes, not the day of good, but the day of evil, when that comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, standing, as God's people, standing with faith that says, no, God is good. Now, Satan is still trying to deceive the world, trying to stop people realising God's, God's rule and God's goodness in the world. Every generation must have to struggle with these things. Every single generation of faith has things happening that just will have them doubting that God's in control. Now, how many people look at Orlando and say, you know, some God? How many people must have looked in, the, in this, the World War II or World War I or whatever it is down history and, and must have doubted God's goodness? And we have to be the same. Lord, your love, your goodness endures forever. Stand against the evil one who, says, you know, who tries to stop people realising God's goodness. We get to stand in the presence of God with a hope, not, a, not some sort of vain hope, well, I hope he knows what he's doing, but this hope that we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. And when Paul talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit in Galatians 5, there it is, goodness. A life lived with the Holy Spirit's rule leads to these qualities in our lives. The goodness of God flows through us. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we, we are able to overcome evil with good. It's almost like we're co-creators with God. God wants to work through us, his people, to do good, to be passionately involved in doing good. Goodness was so important to Paul. I was just doing a bit of a, a sort of study on goodness. And with the fruit of the Spirit, with the rest of the letter to Galatians, it's the goodness that he expands on. And there's all the other fruit mentioned, but he expands on goodness. He says in Galatians 6, 9 to 10, let us not grow weary in doing good. I'm glad God doesn't grow weary in doing good. Let us not grow weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let's do good to all people, especially those belonging to the family of believers. The doing good starts with the family of believers. And Paul, in many letters, at the end, that's his encouragement to churches. In Titus he says, our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. And I just want to just on behalf of the Dyers, thank you so much for your support of their urgent need in Macedonia as they're seeing just countless refugees go through. It's just so delightful to know that here we are in black. If we can do good to them in Macedonia. Thank you for your support. It's, it's just encouraging to create goodness in the world. That was Titus 3.14. And then Romans. I, I love this. At the end of the letter to the Roman Christians, 
Paul pays them this wonderful compliment. If that's our desire, is to emulate God and his goodness, then Romans 15, 14 says, I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness. So it's possible to be full of the goodness of God. You know, one day, as I mentioned with Melee, we'll be in the eternal presence of God. We'll be in everywhere we look, we'll be good. Heaven, eternity, good. Everything is good, no evil. A beautiful place, a place where evil is excluded, death is absent, and there's only the tree of life. That's a beautiful thing to hold on to, that one day that'll happen. But in the meantime, let's reflect on that promise, we stand in the presence of God. We stand in the presence of God, encouraged to stand our ground against the day of evil, against the evil one's work. If we believe the promises of Scripture, we're the instruments where God does good. We're the instruments in where God continues to want to do good in the world. Like God, we're able to create good out of chaos. And that happens. Chaos happens in our world. Sometimes it happens in our midst. We have to trust that God is good and can work always to bring good. And maybe do far more than just criticise or critique. I think one of the sad things about events like Orlando for me is when you get on Facebook and you just have opinions. My opinion about this and they're so unhelpful because it's just so divisive and so, you know, so um, subjective. You know, rather than just a sense of wanting to see good come out when there's evil. Praying that there's people in that situation that are working so that that stuff never happens again. Praying for that rather than just criticising why it happened. May we live productive lives, actively doing good like our God. May, May we see goodness overcoming evil. May we have the courage to show goodness. A couple of nights ago, I, I found myself with some unexpected free time. It was nice. Melissa was at a, um, at a school meeting uh, with the school board. And I thought, oh, that's good. I can, I can do my sermon. I found myself, you know, the kids were watching TV. They were bathed. They were, everything was taken care of. But, oh, good, I can, I can work on my sermon. So I went down and sat at my office to start and I procrastinated. And I clicked on YouTube. <laughs> Yeah, oh, world's scariest roller coaster rides, or <laughs> yeah, I have no idea how, but I but I clipped on a, a clip from the Ellen Show. Yeah, you, know, you just sort of end up sort of randomly clicking on things, and I, I watched, and I'm just going, this is garbage, <laughs> um, and it was just about to, to, to sort of click off, and then this caught my eye. It was a tattoo on a man's back. Now, now it was really, it was just such a such a, um, a random thing, but I thought, hang on, that's the word God. <laughs> I don't know if you can read that. Anyone want to have a go at reading that? No? I'll tell you what it says. Don't tell your God how big your problems are. Tell your problems how big your God is. I love to. I was thinking, what the? That is, I mean, it's probably a quote that everyone else knows, but I was just stunned. I thought, that is brilliant. Don't tell God how big your problems are. Tell your problems how big your God is. God is good all the time. God can actively work 
in every situation, every single situation, every situation, and may that unending goodness of God flow, allowing us to rise above and beyond circumstances as a fellowship, locally and globally. God working to bring goodness. And I believe that in order to really show the quality of goodness in our life, we have to have an opportunity to, to, to share about that. And so for a short amount of time, I just wonder, is there anybody who just has a testimony of God's goodness in their life, something fresh that sort of says, this is God, this is how I've seen God work? Anyone at all? Be courageous. Have you seen a situation where it could have been so much different but you saw the activity of God in doing 